Welcome to the shortest day of the year, by the way. Uh, is, that, is that right? Yeah, it is today, yeah. Longest night coming, which is a beautiful and wonderful thing. Because it means that tomorrow the days are getting longer. Yeah, so you could fit more suffering and pain in. <laughs> is this just because it's the morning? <laughs> it's the most wonderful time oh, of I the day. I knew you were going to do this. I knew the minute we did the call at 7.30, you'd sing. <laughs> this is great. I'm so wide awake and you're not. <laughs> right, let's get this thing over with. Okay, yeah. Much how I feel about Christmas. Welcome to the podcast. My name's Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> well, if I'm Ebenezer Scrooge, you are the ghost of Christmas irritating. <laughs> happy, welcome, happy, happy, happy. Welcome. Oh, look, I was trying to do the intro and you were singing again. Welcome to episode 58 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast and may your ding-dongs be merrily on high, it's a Christmas episode and here we are, a ridiculous time, a stupid o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's 7.36 now, we would have started on time if you were capable. <laughs> anyway, Morning! Good morning. <laughs> Nick, how are you, dear boy? Oh, look, how am I, How do you think I am? It's 7.30 in the morning. I'm stuck in the middle of a book that won't come right. My life is a mess. I've got no time to do anything. I just bought the tree yesterday. We haven't got our decorations up yet. Haven't you? No, the only thing we have up is our superb advent calendar. That's it. What is superb about your advent calendar? Oh, Rachel made it. It's amazing. Yeah, have you seen it? Well, no, I'm not actually in your house. Oh, well, it's it's extraordinary. Well, it's a quilty knitted... Do you know what? I'll put a photo on the Facebook page yeah, so people can that. see it. It is, it is utterly amazing. Does it have um, goodies in it? Uh, no, not as such. It, there was We did go through a little period of putting a little chocolate in the pouches, but we, we don't do that anymore. Because quite frankly, I I have the kind of physique that's had enough <laughs> chocolate. I think we can all agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we as we head into Cheesemus, uh, yeah, you've got to be careful, haven't you? Exactly. Oh, listen. Talking of calendars, you know, like one of the, my favourite things in the whole of Christendom is stupid Christian calendars with inappropriate verses. <laughs> you know, they're, they're always like that. pictures of yes. kittens with you know. Uh, a verse yeah. from the Psalms on or something like that. This yeah, one, at, this yeah. one at work. Oh, it's just great. Okay. It's a picture of a. Can you see that? It's a this picture. Is, this of, is going to be fabulous on the podcast. No, well, I'll put it on the. I'll put it on the. Okay, the I can see a picture of a blue tit. Yeah, it's a beautiful picture of a little blue tit, and yeah. the verse that goes with it is, "He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth <laughs> not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him." <laughs> That's now beautiful. enjoy this lovely blue tit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. 
that is actually like one of yours. Is that a for real thing or is that? No, it's a for, it's absolutely for real. So <laughs> no. Look, here's another picture. The uh, I don't know which a February picture was two polar bears. Can you oh, see that's cute. Lovely? Yeah, that's yeah, nice. Two cute polar bears and the verses Romans three twenty three. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> and happy Christmas to you all. <laughs> what do you think? What have the polar bears done? They're just being polar bears. <laughs> I mean, what are they into? Sort of gambling or something? Are they? Do you, you know? Well, do you know, we might say something about the whole creation thing later when we talk about Christmas. Are we, I assume we are going to talk about Christmas still, are we? Uh, well, given it's four days away, you can't really avoid it. <laughs> Is it four days away or five days away? It's four days away now. I think when this comes out tomorrow, it will be just the three days. So, hey, everyone, okay. you've just you've just been through the longest night. Yes. And now you're going through the longest podcast. <laughs> the light is coming. <laughs> or at least it just seems that way. Anyway, how are you, by the way? You're, you've had a very tough time, haven't you? So I, I have. won't ask you because it will get even more depressing. <laughs> I have. I tell you what, though. in good form now. Well, do you know, it, uh, as, as, as with, I think, probably all people listening, work has been completely stupid, you know, really busy. Mm. My mum bless her 93 has has been poorly and in need of care and we've got all of that sorted and this is a really high point of the week I think the highest point I suspect was um she hasn't played the piano for ages my mum my mother writes songs she writes music Mm. all the time and she's 93 and uh, I said have you have you played anything and you know for various reasons she can't sit very well but she 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 made her way to the piano this week and just recorded a lovely lovely thing in fact I think I'll put it up on Facebook as well so there you are. If you want something oh, that's, really that's nice. good for your soul, and it did that really did me a lot of good. Shall we get on with the feedback now? Can we? Yes, let's can do we? that. Can we? Yes, okay. Yes. So, happy Christmas, everyone. Here it comes. Sarah wrote in and said, uh, "Hi, Joe. Just listen back to the episode of uh, MFC on gender, and thought you might enjoy reading How Not to Be a Boy by Robert Webb. If you haven't already stumbled upon it, it's his autobiography, poignant and fun. Boys don't cry, love sport and drinking beer, and don't discuss their feelings, or do they?" And she says, uh, love the podcast, by the way. And our day with Alexander Shire. So that's a book uh, recommendation. I like Robert Webb. He's funny. Yeah, well, actually, I bought that for my uh, daughter's birthday. She wanted it for her birthday. All right. Which is interesting. Okay. Interesting read. Good. Okay. Now, I'm going to. I'd like to read all of this email. This is from the wonderful Lacey Borgo. So she says this, uh, which I think is worth hearing all of it. Hello, Joe and Nick. I must first apologise for having missed so many of your recent episodes. Shame on you, Lacey. Their absence has left a deep chasm in my soul. Luckily, upon a recent long uh, car trip, I had the opportunity to begin the catch up and heard your recent episode on death. I want to thank you for the tender attention you gave this topic. As we are friends, you know that the last few years I've had a rough go with the diagnosis of a genetic mutation. You know that I've tested positive for the BRCA2 gene, known as the breast cancer gene, similar to the one Angelina Jolie has, except I lack the exciting lifestyle and great hair. (laughs) I'd like to share a bit of my story. When I was young, I had a sister who died in infancy. As my parents grieved, it was as if death came into the room. I have never known a day that I did not think of death. When I was very young, death scared me. As a young adult, I visited cancer hospitals in Kazakhstan and sat with very sick and dying children. Again, death was always in the room, but death became less and less scary. Two years ago, I found out I was positive for the breast cancer gene. After a double mastectomy and having all my female organs removed, I had to deal with the idea of death again. 
These last two years have been a gift. I have thought deeply about what is most important to me in the world. I have sought to prioritise things in my life. Telling people no has become much, much easier as a former people pleaser. It's as if the last two years death is not only in the room, I have decided to make friends with death. I've decided to invite death to the table and have a cup of tea. Gerald May talked about death as well. As he was dying from cancer, he dug a shallow grave in the dirt and laid down and felt the dirt on his skin and imagined himself basically dying, decomposing. And while that might sound really morbid, there is a comfort. I too went out into my backyard, sat in a shallow hole in the dirt and began to reconcile my own death. I imagined when my heart would stop beating, when the blood would stop pumping through my body, when I took my last breath and I found myself crying not from loss but from a deep, deep gratitude of life wonderfully given. To be clear, my bill of health is good at this particular time. I don't want you to worry about me. I still live with the genetic abnormality, but death isn't in the corner with a black robe and a sickle. Instead, she is at the table with me. She looks a bit like a wise woman who knows how to steward the past, present and future and who takes her tea with honey. When I, this is so good. When I was in the Renovai Institute, I remember Dallas Willard saying that no one comes into the world alone and no one dies alone. I feel very sure that he is right. So sorry for this long email. I just wanted you to know how deeply your podcast resonated with me. Please, please don't feel you need to share this, although you have my permission if you think it would be helpful. I just wanted to tell you how both, both how grateful I am. Much love to you. Wow. I just think that's one of the most wonderful emails I've ever read. Uh, just astonishingly good. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, um, that was remarkable. I think it's it's one of the most uh, powerful fears we have, isn't it? Fear of death. And, you know, if, I guess if there's a sound bite from Christmas you want to take with you, it's fear not. And um, I, I just, I think that it sums up a hopefulness for this season that um, I can't really express. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, uh it feels wrong to just move on, but we, we are going to move on anyway. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> Naomi uh, wrote in and um, uh, she talked about her desire to join a cult like Soul Place here in Worthy. She's been brainwashed. I knew this would happen if we let you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. so she says, this is the main reason for my email. How do I find or start a cult near where I live? Where do I find people who have a Christian faith who are happy to, uh, happy to get gather in an informal way and it not be a self-help home group which is just littered with prayer requests for potty training and possible redundancies? Boring, she says. <laughs> I still struggle <laughs> with being still and finding time to just be and listen and I rarely pray or read my bible and i have no excuses my spiritual input is coming from podcasts and reading other books about the bible or church and that well i read that out not because that's not untypical of um several emails i guess we've had in in recent months of people sort of wanting uh, to gather in a network um hmm. you know uh, informally just just meeting with people i don't really have a reason with that but um We've been thinking about how we might put together resources for people. So if you can get one or two friends together who are perhaps in a similar place, um, we're hoping that next year we might actually get some resources together so that you can structure an evening together. And the way um, Soul Place works is, is simply providing that safe place and a decent meal, I might add, as well. Um, so uh, watch this space, Nomi. I don't have any answers in the short term. I think it's, it is quite difficult to know where to find people um mm. but if you have friends 
you know, even one or two of them live within, I don't know, a 20 mile radius of you, then maybe you could get together semi-regularly and start some conversations. That's the best I got. I think one of the things about reading the Bible is, for example, you say, well, you don't pray or don't read the Bible. Um, it's the, it's the only one person who can do that, anything about that, really, and that's you. And I think part of the reason we, we struggle with that is because we put such burdens on these events. We put such heavy expectations on, you know, it's not, we don't just read the Bible, we study the Bible, mm. you know, and it's, yeah. it becomes important. I mean, you, why not just pick it up and open it and have a read, you know, with, with no agenda and no weight on it and no burden on it and who right. knows what will happen. Why not just spend some time with God um, praying without it, without be, it being a prayer time? I think this is one mm. of the things that, and, yeah. and it's similarly, even with getting together, just get together with people and have a couple of questions and, and, and ask mm each other how you're doing and just yeah. see what goes from there we put such weighty expectations on you know yeah. these activities that the language we use about them but anyway well i hope you find your way through that yeah i hope Naomi. so that'd be great okay let's just do uh, one more and then i think you've got one jane says hi joe nick uh the first part of this email is long overdue but a huge thank you for your podcasts away day and week at lee abbey uh, it's been a huge help to me i mostly listen on my way to work and i'm often found laughing out loud as you tackle each subject in such a down-to-earth way my reason for mailing now is to say how much i particularly appreciated the recent subject of how our personalities affect our one individual spiritual practices uh, for years I have tried and failed in my own personal quiet times, for want of a better phrase, and then felt a degree of guilt for not being a good Christian because the one size fits all doesn't fit me. Joe mm. mentioned about the possibility of doing another away day to look at this further. My response is yes, please, where do I sign up? So, Jane, uh, watch this space. I haven't actually organised the details yet, but we are hoping to get Dave Tomlinson to come and do a day on the Enneagram with us. So, uh, yes. uh, Listen and, and actually, the, the phrase, I haven't actually organised the details yet, is uh, will not stop you announcing it, I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> look, look, I'm not a detail guy. We've, we've been on this many, many times. Okay. Well, anyway, I've got, uh, um, I've got a, a letter here, or at least a Christmas card. Well, actually, it's a Christmas card that I sent out, and she sent back to me. I, this is from Ethel. I sent, um, I sent her a Christmas card with a lovely picture of Santa on it, and she's returned it, and she's written a Bible verse over the top, and the verse is, but God will shatter the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of those who walk in their guilty ways. Which is Psalm <laughs> 68, 21, so that's lovely. And, and she's written a little message for us inside, dear Reverend and Mrs. Davis, thank you for your Christ-tide card. Please note that we at the Stone the Heathen Tabernacle of Grace refuse to acknowledge anything with the word mass in it. Recently, one of our members went for a massage, and we had to expel her. Anyway, I... <laughs> Anyway, I fear that for both of you, this will be a time of licentiousness, gluttony and drunken carousing. Oh, I hope so. In the hopes of redeeming your souls, I would like to quote from my favourite Christ-tied carol. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the wrathful Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. The stars in the night sky looked down where he slept. One day he will doom those who are not in the elect. <laughs> That's a, lov a lovely She's thought. so sweet, isn't she? Yeah, it's a lovely thought. <laughs> it's a shame that verse is missed out so often. Yeah, I'm going to sing it this year, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, copyright Ethel's that old person. Uh, <laughs> but it beautifully segues into <laughs> yeah, it does, what strangely. we're going to talk about, which is what I like to call what actually <laughs> is the real meaning of Christmas. Everyone bangs on about, oh, don't forget the real meaning of Christmas, yes. don't they? 
So I thought it might be time for us to, to agree together. What actually is the real meaning of Christmas? Yeah. What, Without, and what does it mean uh, for uh, mid-faith crisis people, I suppose? Um, exactly, yeah. And does the meaning I mean, for, of Christmas actually change? And is that all right? I, uh, probably, I don't know, <laughs> because I've yeah, seen your notes. No, but, you no know, come on, <laughs> give us an answer. I mean, for I me, I think, now. obviously, and this will be strange for people to hear, obviously, mm. it's that like I have a love-hate relationship with Christmas. Oh, uh, I'm sure people really? won't have picked up on that at all. Um, <laughs> no. You know, well, I do think, for in one way, it sort of sums up quite a lot that is pants about the historical church, you know, the invention yeah. of tradition and, the, and the, mm. that the deeply irritating songs and um you know loads of and a kind of um sanctification of of spending yeah. and commercialization yeah. and obviously yeah. you know it's a really strange story how it became a christian festival in a way because for the first three centuries there were only two main festivals celebrated by the church and those are pentecost and easter christmas isn't celebrated yeah. till you know much late, later on in the fourth century in fact there's a there's a line, I think, from John Chrysostom in about 386 who says, well, we've only really known the date for 10 years. You know, oh, so really? It, it, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's kind of like we. what they did was... And, and this is where um, I think also uh, stupid atheists irritate me because, you know, that's the other line that you hear <laughs> stupid about. Stupid atheists. Oh, you know, <laughs> stupid atheists. Because you just hear them go, oh, oh, well, you know, Christmas is really just the Winter Solstice Festival. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's, it might be on the same date. But yeah. it doesn't mean it's the same thing. We do, you know, just because you put something on the same date doesn't make it the same thing. So they <laughs> did put Christmas, the celebration, on the same day as uh, a celebration of the sun. Um, yeah. S-U-N. Um, yeah. Constantine did that. But it doesn't make it the same thing. You know, just be, if I go shopping on one day, you go to football, that doesn't make them the same thing. That's different. You know, it's a different activity. But it is a very late festival. It okay, wasn't celebrated on. hugely. So Breathe I, in through the like... nose, out through the mouth. Come on, you can do okay, this. that's better. Thank you. Thank you. You see, this is what it does to me. <laughs> you don't say. This is 7.30 in the morning. This is what it does to me. But, you know, at the same yeah. time, it's immense the important because of the symbolism mm-hmm. and and i suppose yeah. what it does for me is it puts symbolism back at the heart of the church which the evangelical church is not very good at symbols no we don't like um, that no and they're not good about signs yet christmas is the one time where every vicar every minister talks about signs and symbols yeah. and what the whole event symbolizes and and i and i i really like that i if it mm. gets us thinking about what the symbolism is then i think that's really good so anyway, I, I need yeah. to stop ranting and take. No, 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 no. It's good. I mean, I yeah, I, I met with our dear friend Dave Steele yesterday, and mm. y- y- you know, he's a he's a fantastic preacher, and he was telling me I should be careful with this because he may not have preached this sermon yet, but he was talking about Christmas, and for him, the the line that leapt out that he's going to sort of explore this year is, um, you know, you shall receive a sign, and what oh, is yeah. the sign? Oh, it's a baby. And it's interestingly, after he'd left, and I was thinking about that, I was thinking about my own holy nights, and um, you know, which would be, I guess, the seventh of November and the fifteenth of June, because that's when my two kids were born. And you know, that moment of um, wonder when you hold a baby and all their innocence and vulnerability—that is a—that is a holy, a holy moment, mm. and. Uh, 
you know, as 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 the meaning of Christmas changes for me, and as it or morphs into a deeper understanding of incarnation and spirit and matter together, you know, for me, you know, I think I understand why that's a sacred moment because I think in, in, in a manner of speaking this is not to overly big up my kids I was gazing upon divinity in that moment mm. Mm. In, in, in quite a pure form of course they develop into you know great hairy oafs and have egos and all those sort of things although I hasten to add my kids are beautiful and Sophie isn't that hairy to be fair but but uh, <laughs> but you know they are they are wonderful human beings but there's something about the wonder of that moment and that that became the sign mm. that 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 moment is a sign for people yes here's indeed. a sign yes. oh it's a tiny unimpressive baby on the one hand but yes. wow it's a baby yes and that you're right and that is the sign you see the thing the other thing mm. about christmas that uh, i won't say annoys me because obviously as this podcast has already proved i'm very placid and don't get annoyed um yeah absolutely. but it's the way that we, we 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 don't actually read what's in the story we we read all kinds of other things that we think are in the story. Mm. So when the shepherds oh, are told, yeah. Uh, yeah. the shepherds are told, you'll go go there, you'll find a baby wrapped in in you know swaddling bands, like all a whole load of swaddling going on, basically. Yes, there's there's a bit of swaddling, and, that, and this should be a sign for you. Um, well, it, it's nothing unusual. I said, oh look, a baby wrapped in swaddling. How unusual! No, that's exactly what you did with babies. <laughs> of course you did. You, you can have a good swaddle with Leave them. It. There's loads of babies about. <laughs> That's exactly what you did. The sign is the baby. It's not where the baby is. It's yes. not where the baby, you know, it's not what the baby's dressed in. The sign is the baby. And the sign for them, a sign for you, is that he's one of you. He's just an ordinary yeah. peasant household. That's the sign. And You know, that's the good news. I think that's remarkable. But so often we, we think, oh, what's the sign? The sign will be, you know, his head will be glowing with a strange halo. You know, yeah. or there'll be all kinds of other people hanging around. Exactly, exactly. And and I think, as you and I could rant equally as much as you over Christmas, because, yeah, for me, the whole lovely Hollywood nativity scene just speaks of a kind of fairy tale story. And also, you know, that's precisely what people are dismissing as, oh, gosh, that didn't really happen like that. Yeah, this is a yeah. whole load of invented stories by human beings. And Jesus, the saviour of the world, has come to save us from a wrathful God so that when we die, we will somehow go to heaven because we are the elect like Ethel. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the rest of you, oh, sorry, you didn't make it. You're going to burn in hell. You know, that seems... Such a long time ago for me that that sort of notion that I find Christmas, in, you know, at times embarrassing, really, because in some ways many people are still celebrating for me an, a narrative that I've kind of left behind a little bit. Not that it wasn't helpful and it didn't help me on the spiritual journey and that it was a great it served me well for a time. But I feel like I'm I'm sort of moving beyond that now what narrative are you moving into do you think well there's two things that really strike me uh, about christmas one is about uh, light and darkness and one is about fearing not mm. so i mean for me the one consistent thing about christmas that hasn't changed is is the emmanuel side of it that god is with us Mm. And there's absolutely no escaping from that. But as I have pressed into 
or how is God with us? And what does that actually mean? And, you know, I think what I used to believe is God is this super divine force. Because Jesus has come, God will now come and intervene in my life. And suddenly life's going to be a whole lot better for me because miraculous things are going to happen. And when people are sick and unwell, I'm going to pray for them and they're going to be healed. And when, you know, I'm going to sort of float through life now. I'm going to be immune to the suffering and difficulties of life because, hey, Jesus the Saviour has come to the world and everything's going to be bouncy and right and I'm going to be happy eternally. Um, so it's, you know, I think I had some sort of narrative. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, you know, I had some sort of narrative like that to know, no, actually what 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 Jesus has done in, in Jesus is the fullness of Christ. I mean, I, and so Christ is always with me. Jesus demonstrates Jesus of Nazareth demonstrates how Christ, the preexistent Christ has always been, is always with me. And now I can live in harmony with that. I, th- I suppose I suppose what I think is, you know, the spiritual journey, I think, has most helpfully summed up as becoming who you truly are. And I think, uh, for me, the, the Christmas story helps remind us that Christ is revealed in frailty and in the darkness. Alexander has this lovely phrase. He kept saying it over and over when, when he was last here um, last month. He says, the fresh radiance of Christ is born in the deepest dark. So I've, I've spent my life trying to avoid pain, avoid darkness. Somehow darkness and difficulty and suffering is a sign of failure. It's not a sign of faithfully living with God. You know, somehow if, I, if I'm having suffering or experiencing darkness or depression or anything, I am a failure. It's because I'm unfaithful to God. And actually nothing could be further from the truth. I guess what I've learned, and this is what the incarnation means to me, is that in the deepest darkness, Christ is there. Christ is born. The fresh radiance of Christ is born in the deepest dark. So my spiritual journey now is learning that Actually, what God says to me is, I'm okay. Christ is always with me. I don't need to fear the darkness and the suffering and everything. The the deal was never that you'll avoid all of those things. The deal is that I am going to know that Christ is with me in those Mm. things. And so now I think the, the message of the angels to fear not, means that somehow I can engage with life in all its fullness, the good times and the bad times, the happy times and the very sad times, the the dancing and the mourning, and that Christ is in me and giving me the confidence to go through it. I used to think life should just be happy the whole time. I assumed that's how it was, with the odd blip of sadness. You know, if someone dies or something. (laughs) I thought that's what everyone thought. (laughs) And then I discovered, oh no, that'd just be me. Life life is this rich tapestry of all kinds of emotions, including sadness and depression and grief and death, as well as joy and dancing and suffering and celebration. And actually, I can embrace life in its absolute entirety now because Christ has demonstrated, the the Christmas narrative demonstrates that my life and God's life are interwound. We are one and we are together and Christ is always with me. So that's the new narrative. That was quite a long narrative, really. <laughs> I, I should shut up. That's quite a book-length narrative. Well, there's a couple of things in there, I think. One is, I think, yeah, if you read the Christmas story, you do see that. 
that yeah. that it's not a happy, glowy, fairy tale mm. story in that sense. There is happiness mm. in it because mm. there must be happiness with the, the arrival of a child. But mm. but you know it's, the setting, yeah. uh, what happens? It's you know it's yeah. set immediately afterwards in, in Matthew's gospel. There's the story of the of Herod's revenge. You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of oh, it's full of darkness, mixed yeah. emotions going on. Mm. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of sacrifice. What um, the couple have to sacrifice in terms of their culture. Uh, in order for the baby mm. to be born, there's a whole load of mixed stuff. Mm. So it's not that, yeah, the happy glowing head fairy no. tale with the the meekly lowing oxen. In fact, there's no stable anyway. So you know, mm. we should scrap that. But um, I think the other thing is, I just want to pick up on that. Um, you said the spiritual journey. I think is summed up. Yeah. In, what did you say? Becoming who you truly are. Yeah, becoming who you truly are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I agree with that. Except that I think what I would want to say is that's not we want to say who you truly are is greater much greater than how it's normally proposed you know when you hear mm. that kind of phrase and i've used mm. that kind of phrase then it's yeah. often about you know fulfilling your true potential or oh you know, yeah become, yeah do you know what yeah. i mean it's about yeah, finding sure. your career become who you truly so it's just a kind of one of your yes, california sure. whiffly jobs you know yeah it's, motivational it's, speech yeah, yeah sure but yeah. who you truly are is yeah. a person created in the image of god yes who you truly are is an eternal being absolutely that's who you truly are way beyond your ego your life is hidden in christ precisely yeah. that's it so i mean i think i think that phrase mm. is true but it's also richer sure. and deeper and a much yes. much greater gift than we can we could ever really imagine mm. anyway yeah. do you know what i think that's um we're banging on too much there's so much no, no, not, i want not to say all, and i, I went off on one and i apologize <laughs> I th- let's let's just try and land this, I suppose. You know, how yeah. do we survive Christmas? How do we approach it? I mean, the only thing I could think about with this, it's, you know, this sounds really trite, but it did come while I was sort of praying about it, which I do yeah. occasionally. Yeah, it's that you know that. the the <laughs> the idea of gift, the idea, you know, that I was. Yeah. Have you ever seen that um, clip with David Bowie and Bing Crosby, little oh. drummer boy? Oh yeah, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. I think it's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> it is. But, but they're both there in one place. Bowie is co- completely on drugs. You know, I mean, it's in this Christmas special. He's up, he has no idea where he is. What he's doing. His agent has booked oh, really? him in. He's got to sing <laughs> okay. a little drummer boy while Bing Crosby sings Peace on Earth. And I just think, you know, the, the story of that song is the, the boy, you know, what can I give him? I'll drum. I'll yeah. play on my drum. Yeah. About the least welcome yeah. gift I would have thought for any any mother who's just given birth. <laughs> Mary and Joseph yeah. sit there thinking, oh, at least that's over. This bloke comes in with a drum. <laughs> at least we got this nice little shelter. It's quiet here. <laughs> yeah, at least it's... Oh, the baby's asleep. Pum, up a pum, pum. Hang on, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, you know, the gift... I suppose the thing behind that sort of thing is, is what's the gift that you can give? What is the gift that we could give Jesus this Christmas? I, this sounds incredibly trite, but it's all I got. You know, what is the gift that I could give him? The, is it the gift of patience? Is it the gift of, yeah. of hospitality? Is it the gift of listening to somebody? Is it the yeah, gift of listening to him? Is it the gift of, you know, what what could we do what am i i don't know what i'm going to do this christmas that is a that is a sacrificial gift for me uh but i think i need yeah. to practice something maybe it's the gift I, of being more cheerful at seven thirty in the morning i don't know 
That would be a, that would be a lovely gift. But I'll tell you what, I, I think for me, you know, there's this tension that we've talked about before about, you know, everything's too busy at Christmas. So how can you possibly yes. celebrate the incarnation? But if the incarnation means anything, it's that God is revealed in humanity. So there's a disconnect between, you know, all those relatives we want to see, all those relatives we want to avoid, all those people who irritate us and the pressure that builds up around Christmas. And then there's sort of separately off in the corner is this all divine narrative. Oh, I want time to think about Jesus mm. and to sit still and reflect. And I have to, I don't know how to survive the last week without lighting a candle at night and mm. staring at it. But, but I tell you what, here's the, here's the point, And this is where I think what you're saying is so helpful. You know, the gift of patience. What if these things were never meant to be separate? And actually, yeah. your irritating relatives and the people you're going to spend time with and the people you're going to buy presents for. And it, what if Christ is revealed in all of those things? Mm. Mm. And actually, that really is the gift to love all those people you're going to be with this Christmas the way God loves you, to make mm. that the goal, to make that the, the gift that you give. And surely that's the point, because in loving people, we are, in fact, loving the divine. Great. Well, I think... <laughs> that's uh... great. That's it. Sorry, did I start preaching again? No, no, it was great. It was really good. I wasn't. I, I know I'm clinically sarcastic. That's my problem. <laughs> I say great, and it sounds sarcastic, but it wasn't. No, it was really good. I, I think, uh, strangely, there's almost a coherence to this podcast. Um, anyway, uh, so, but we should wrap it up. We should, but I was just going to say, you know, mid-faith crisis, the shifting meaning of Christmas. Uh, Christmas means uh, for me that Christ is always with me. So here's the thing. The angel sees Mary and says, don't be afraid. The Lord is with you. And I think if you are having some sort of mid-faith crisis this Christmas, if you're not sure what you believe, then I would say if you can listen out for the divine voice saying, don't be afraid. The Lord is with you. Uh, that would be a really helpful uh, experience for you. Mm. So, mm. Uh, you know, my prayer for, for every one of our listeners is that whatever's going on, no matter how busy Christmas is, and I assume it will be insanely busy for most of you, uh, don't be afraid. The Lord is with you. That's a great place to leave it, I think. Um, have a great Christmas, everybody. And yeah. a happy new year. We'll be back. It, we'll be back in the new year. Uh, yes, we will. With an episode on the second coming, I believe. Oh, Lord, is it? <laughs> That's what you said last time. Oh, why did I promise that? <laughs> so you've got a lovely lot of work to do over Christmas. Oh, that's ruined Christmas for me. Anyway, no, it hasn't. And so uh, have a great Christmas. Have a, a blessed New Year. And uh, do not be afraid, for he is with us always. Yeah, we wish you a great Christmas. Amen. Amen. Can I go back to bed now? Yes. Please do. Thank you.